DJ and PK brought to you in part by Rough Tough Products. Rough Tough sets the industry standard for custom seat covers for cars, trucks, SUVs, and UTVs. Get the best fitting seat covers for the make, model, and year of your vehicle and do business with a Utah company that's been around since 1976. Check them out today at roughtough.com. That's roughtough.com. It's time to welcome in Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. All right, Steve. Your adopted hometown of Utah. Okay, it's a state, but you get the point. Your adopted L.A. team, not the Laker U team you grew up with, but Paul George, who you coached, is a Clipper. And now they come together head-to-head, second round. How are you feeling? Where are you? How are you hanging on? (laughs) Well, I I will tell you this. I, I was happy the Clippers won. Uh, that it was the most bizarre series I've ever seen where six games on the road or you know, nobody can win a home game. Uh, but I was happy for Paul and uh, to kind of get over that bump and, and, uh, and their team. Uh, but I, 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 ha- I have a, a probably more of an affinity for the Jazz, to be honest with you. I mean, I love Paul. We were very close, and I want him to be successful. But... Uh, this jazz team has been special. And just following them with you guys and watching them play, that would be more than I ever have before. Uh, I love their story. I don't have any personal relationships with any of their players. But uh, from afar, I think they're the well, most well-coached team in the NBA. And they're getting a great deal out of what they have in terms of just sharing the basketball. They play the game like I, I want to see it played. And so uh, – yeah, you know, right right now I am a I'm pulling for the Jazz. That's where I am, and uh, but I, I you know I'm not going to be disappointed if the Clippers win this thing and Paul plays well. Certainly, I'm supportive of him. But for me, I, I think the Jazz uh, have have an ability to to win this whole thing, and so that's where I sit today. And I don't think that's going to change. So, Paul George had some playoff failures, but I don't think this series was one of them. I thought he was outstanding. He and Kawhi both averaging 40.7 minutes a game. That's a huge load for these two guys to carry. Uh, Do you think that Paul is done now with that stuff? He's got the confidence. He's playing big minutes. So, where he left off with the Clippers series playing very well is where he should pick up in round two? You know, I've actually talked to Paul and uh, after between that year and and one of the the the, the bubble was not I mean he, he struggled in the bubble he struggled being away from his family he struggled a lot of things I mean emotionally you know a lot of a lot of different ways and uh and I, because I remember watching him at Indiana as a young player and and he uh he had great runs and in the playoffs and played well and then you know he went you know he just kind of developed a history and it, it was really accentuated last year where he just didn't he didn't play well and uh and especially in the moments he needed to but I, I think he is playing with more confidence. And the thing about this Clipper team is they are committed to guarding. Now, you know, it's a, Dallas is different than, uh, you know, than the Jazz are because the Jazz have far, far more shooters than Dallas had, though Dallas shot the ball pretty well. Timmy Hardaway really, I think, was the biggest difference. He kind of disappeared the last two games. Donkets was there constantly. But, you know, they're playing for a single. I mean, they're playing big. And uh, when they play big like that, you really kind of take away shooters. And I thought the advantage was for uh, Kawhi and the Clippers because going big 
when you're in the zone is fine. But all of a sudden the zone wasn't working, uh, they couldn't guard. They couldn't guard those guys. And, and, and Jackson and Morris, who are solid players, were really ended up being the guys that hit the biggest shots in that game against Dallas. And and, and that's the key for the clip, for the Clippers. I mean, obviously Paul and Kawhi got to play well, but Jackson probably has has been the answer here the last you know couple of weeks. I mean, he's had. 20, he's at 15 or 16. If he can make shots uh, in Utah, this is this is going to be a seven-game series because they've got enough talent. Uh, two things, the big question marks for me with the Clippers are, can Jackson continue to make baskets, and can they get away with playing Batum at 6'8 against Gobert? Now, they got Zubak at seven foot tall. He's capable. But uh, I, I think Jackson and, and Morris are the two guys you have to look at. If they can make baskets, uh, this is going to be a seven-game series because certainly the Clippers are capable of winning this thing. Uh, but I just think Jazz are a better team. So I'm curious uh, what you think of their of the Clippers' ability to go small and consistently defend the Jazz. Not for a short stretch. But for for a long stretch, can they do that? Or if they do, will the Jazz – if the Jazz see it enough, will they solve it? Yeah, I, I think if they go small and stay small, the Jazz will see it and and they'll solve that issue. I, I think – I mean, there, there aren't any matchup problems. I mean, Kawhi – I mean, you could – I'm sitting there and I was thinking about who's going to guard who, and I have no idea. But Jackson's going to start on Mitchell. I mean, that that's going to happen. And either uh, – if they want to – you know, O'Neal's not a guy that's going to be a volume shooter. When the game's on the line and Bogdanovich is going off, then now you can see Kawhi Leonard guarding. <clears throat> and that's, I mean, it's one of those things that Leonard's capable of guarding anybody in this league, as is Paul. I mean, they're long. They're both 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, uh, you know, you look at Morris. I think Morris could start on Bogdanovich. And, uh, you know, they match up with, with their guards. Ingles, I mean, if Conley, is Conley going to play? I, I don't know if he's still hurt. We don't know either. Take Conley out of the lineup yeah. and – uh, the Jazz are kind of a different team. Not that Ingles and others can't jump in and get it done, but the the matchups at the, at the two, three, and the four with Leonard, Morris, and George are all pretty good defenders. And so I think they match up there. Where, where can Jackson? Can he guard Mitchell? And can Batum deal with Gobert and the screen and rolls? And, and Zubak's going to have to play 25 minutes in these games. I mean, I, I just can't see Batum playing 25 or 30 minutes. Now, you can ask yourself, hey, they just played the tallest team in the NBA, you know. But Porzingis is not really a pick-and-pop or screen. I mean, he may be more of a pick-and-pop. He's not a screen-and-roll guy like Gobert is. And so I think that's going to be the question marks for me is that the one and the five. Not so much the two, three, and four. Not that the Jazz guys can't do it from there, but the Clippers have really good defenders in Leonard, Morris, and George at the at, you know guarding those positions. So – I think the one and the five are going to be the focus. I mean, I could be dead wrong on that, but just looking at it on paper and watching these teams play, uh, can you know can Jackson stay out of foul trouble? Now, you know, Rondo hardly played. Uh, I suspect Rondo will play more in this series. So when we look at the Clippers, are you more concerned that they blew multiple chances to establish themselves in the series? Or are you looking at, hey, when they had to win, every time they did? Well, I, no, I think I, I do have 
question marks. And, uh, and, and I think the, the situation is that matchups, I, I just think this, the Jazz are a difficult matchup for them. When they're putting four shooters on the floor, guys that can all shoot the ball, and, and then you got a seven-footer inside that protects the rim and, and can create all sorts of problems on screen and roll action. Uh, no, I'm I, I'm I am concerned that the Clippers have to make an adjustment. I, I I I'm I'm more if I'm a Clippers fan right now, I'm more concerned about who's gonna who's gonna make baskets on the road, and I, certainly they're playing with more confidence right now. But I, you know, and sometimes that gets overhyped in terms of game losing close games and not getting over the top. I think the Clippers are going to come in there really confident. I think they were embarrassed last year in terms of how they were up 3-1, but you know the Jazz were too. They they were in the same similar situation. And so these are two pretty hungry teams with a lot to prove and the Jazz have been more consistent over the entire year, but uh there's a lot of people that feel like the Clippers could be the most talented team left in you know in the in series. I mean that may be true if Harden doesn't play for the Nets, but uh but there's certainly a lot of talent on that team. They're lang they're long, but they're they're not always the most consistent shooting team either. Uh and, and we're seeing a new version of Kawhi Leonard the last two games where we haven't seen in uh in a long time. I mean he's playing like he did with Toronto now. I mean he's just flat out getting after guys and um, he's gonna be a tough guard for anybody that the Jazz throw at him. You know, he shot 62% in that playoff series, which is outrageous. But the Mavericks in the regular season are a mediocre defensive team. And when you get rid of all the bad teams and go to playoffs, that makes them a bad defensive team at the postseason level. So Gobert changes that. Uh, but I think what you said at the other end of the uh, at the other end of that answer, when you were talking about matchups, I just think Quinn Snyder has been coaching for this series and the Lakers series that isn't going to happen now, uh, all season long. Because we have constantly heard him talk about playing with pace, taking the first good shot, getting the ball up the floor quickly before the defense gets set. You know, the Jazz are smaller, especially the backcourt. They are smaller, but if you run and you don't let the other team get matched up, you can get a three, and he's been preaching 45-foot passes up the sideline all season long. And the guy who catches that 45-foot pass is supposed to take the shot. You're open, take the three then. He doesn't care that there's no rebounder there. Take it then, it's the best shot we're going to get. And it just feels like that's because he doesn't. He knows that if the Clippers and Lakers get their defenses set and matched up, the Jazz are in trouble. So he's been preaching it all year. How much faith do you have in borrowing from Pat Riley's Showtime Lakers? you got to rebound and run because that's the only way to beat the Celtics' big front line. And I know the game has changed, but it hasn't changed that much. Here's Quinn preaching the same thing. No, I, you know what? I, I, that is a great philosophy. I think the other thing that you can add into that is, is altitude. And, and, and I think that I know in college it was it was more impactful because nobody played at altitude, you know, didn't play at a lot of altitude, and they played there and they played at different places. But that altitude, late in games, and guys, you know, I mean, because let's face it, what was it, forty-seven and forty-eight minutes that Paul and uh, and Kawhi played? I mean, that's a lot of minutes, and and when you get at that elevation and teams are running. It's not that they can't shoot the ball. When you're tired and your legs aren't strong, you don't shoot the ball as well, especially late in the game. So if they can, they, if they can push the envelope 
and, and run and get out and get early shots and make those shots, uh, that, that, that makes it's going to make it really hard on the Clippers. There's no question. I think the philosophy is the right one. I mean, I remember we're coaching at altitude, and I remember we wanted, you know, it was a situation. Hey, anytime you can score in transition, because maybe not in the first 10 minutes, but certainly in the second half of that game, if Paul and Kawhi are having to log 40, 45 minutes a game, now they're young and they're in great shape and all that, it, it, there's a, it takes a toll on you. And uh, so that, that will be a factor. I, I think the other thing, too, is they don't, you know, the, the Clippers don't have Jordan Clarkson. And he, I mean, Kennard and man, you know, Kennard came in and made a few baskets in that game. But, you know, Jordan Clarkson could start for the Clippers. And uh, he started for the Jazz if they wanted him to. Uh, he, he could be a huge difference maker in this game. I mean, he is, in, in my mind, uh, you know, he and Mitchell uh, are the two best players in that team. I mean, I'm not talking, Gobert obviously has what, does what he does as an all-star and a big. But Jordan Clarkson is a guy that could be a big, big factor in this. And, and, and if they're going to win an NBA championship, Jordan Clark, it'll be because Jordan Clarkson played well and scored well. Um, and and I, I just, the Clippers don't really have a bench, per se. They've got a few guys. Like I said, Kennard and Mann shot the ball pretty well uh, at, you know, in that game and, and gave them 24 points But between the two of them. But on the road, are they going to be able to do that? You give an advantage either way to coaching? Yeah, I, I would say the advantage goes to Quinn. I, I know that uh, you know he, he's won an NBA championship with Cleveland, and and Tyrone Lue is a guy that's been around the game. But the the thing about it is this: is that there's so, you know the Clippers aren't as bad as the Lakers, but they tend to be really static and stationary, and there's not a lot of movement. And uh, you know if you can get the, and there's not really a post presence for the Clippers that you're going to throw the ball in and. and you know, you're going to have to play him with two defenders. Now, you, you definitely have to help on Kawhi, who can, can, can score in multiple different ways. But the Jazz have situations and matchups that uh, are, are better than, than the Clippers. And so uh, I just think that Quinn does a better job with his personnel. Uh, and not to say that Tyrone Lue can't coach, because he can. Uh, but they do it a little bit differently. I just like the way that Quinn coaches. And with the ball movement, and uh, with shooters everywhere, and uh, and a very high basketball IQ uh, as a coaching staff and as a team. So, yeah, I do believe that the advantage goes to Quinn Snyder. Uh, and, you know, obviously Tyron Lewis got an NBA championship, but he also had LeBron James and a few fellows that uh, helped him get that done, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I give the advantage to the Jazz. I'm expecting a long series. It's uh, mostly uh, it's what the Jazz have played uh, quite a bit. Obviously, Memphis was shorter, but it was one versus eight. Uh, and it's all the Clippers have done. Three playoff series in two years since they got this group together, and they've had two seven-game series and a six-game series. So are you assuming this goes six or seven? Is there any way that one of the other teams cracks and the other team rolls? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think, first of all, the Clippers can breathe a little bit. I mean, they've been they've been having to deal with mentally, emotionally, coaching staff, players on a colossal failure the last year or two. And if, if anything, this win gets them relaxed, gets them to be able to breathe a little bit, gets them excited about the next level. And uh, you know, Kawhi is the leader of this team silently, but he is such so mentally tough 
that uh, he's been good for Paul. It's not that Paul isn't as mentally tough in a lot of situations, but this is Kawhi. This Kawhi's the number one. He's the alpha on this team, and Paul's the number two. And and, and Paul's going to be fine with that. Uh, the big thing for the Clippers is is going to be like we talked about earlier: is can Batum survive in a game where he's playing against uh, an all-star in the post, and can he deal with all the issues there? And can Morris and and you know, Morris and Jackson, if they make baskets and they're able to score and be in double figures, then they, they give the Clippers a, a, an even chance to beat the Jazz. Uh, but I do believe it goes six or seven games. I, I just because I think the confidence of the Clippers has been restored is a huge, huge elephant off their back, and I think they feel like, hey, we can breathe, we're ready, and now we got something to prove. So, uh, yeah, I do, I do believe it'll be six or seven games. Yeah, you talk about confidence. How much confidence did you have coming to Salt Lake if you're the Clippers, knowing you just went 3-0 and in Dallas now? Tougher environment, state. The arena is going to be at full capacity. Jazz are better than Dallas, but Clippers ought to know that the road isn't that daunting to them. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great point. And, uh, yeah, and they did it. And, and they did it at a time when uh, Fenny and, and Hardaway were knocking threes down. I mean, those guys... If they if they play well in that game, I mean they got they Dallas has a chance to win. They just kind of disappeared. They they had big games for Dallas, and and you know the Clippers found ways to win on the road. So that that galvanizes a team too. Uh, when you win on the road, there is nothing that gives a team more confidence than winning on the road. It is a little bit debilitating when you go home and lose. You got to be in front of your own fans. But there is far more joy winning on the road than winning at home. I'm telling you that right. As a team, collectively. When you go on the road, it galvanizes. It, it strengthens a team. So they, they've had that experience, and I, you know, I agree with you, Pat. I mean, it, it's something that they're not going to be fearful coming in there, but this is going to be a, a, a crowd unlike anything they've had to deal with lately. And, uh, and a team that plays differently than most teams play in the NBA. I mean, they, they just do. I mean, they they just move the ball so quickly and and uh, make good decisions. High high IQs at almost every position. Uh, this is a well coached and, and a team that does depend on shooting the ball. They they, they got to make threes. They're not. This is not a team other than maybe Mitchell that really gets to the rim very often. Rest of them are pretty much, you know, stand up, shoot up threes coming from the perimeter on penetration and on transition offense. So. Uh, and it, it, it makes it a little more difficult on the road, but they've got so many shooters that on any given night, any two or three of them can, can get it going. So, uh, but I, I the, the the Clippers are going to be way better this time around than they were last time, and not against the Jazz, but just in the playoffs, uh, generally speaking. The that that was a huge elephant off their back to win that series. They'll come in a little more relaxed, and but again. I, I do believe altitude has it will play an issue, especially when they're only playing seven or eight guys. Steve, you know who Bill Plaschke is, who's been a columnist for the LA Times forever, and PK was yep. reading him this morning. And PK, just run run some of the highlights past Steve. What did he say? <laughs> oh, here's a history is against the Clippers. Home court advantage is against Clippers. Likely more than ninety percent of LA basketball fans are against the Clippers. But you know what? Bet on them anyway. Bet on them big. It says here this 
first round fright was the series, and this game seven brilliance was the win that will eventually catapult them into the NBA finals. Such disrespect, coach, for our jazz. <laughs> hey, you know, what do you expect from a guy from LA? Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I think they're. They're just trying to find something that can can excite the people of LA after a very really disappointing Los Angeles Lakers uh, season with injuries and not playing very well, and the Clippers kind of being the same. So I don't know why he get he's getting on the bandwagon. I haven't I haven't really read his columns. I know who he is, but yeah, Jazz will take that for the locker room feeder. And uh, uh, I don't you know what that stuff means a lot to fans and to. Uh, and to high school kids, maybe, but uh, it, it, that doesn't fly. I don't think Quinn Snyder's too worried, or the players are too worried about being disrespected. Uh, you got to go out and play and do it. But uh, they got to sell newspapers, too, and that's not an easy thing to do these days. Okay, that's all true, but in the whole disrespect thing, how about the fact that the Clippers tanked at the end of the season, lost six of the last 10 games, sat five guys who normally would probably play. 150, 160 minutes in a game, maybe more than that, so that they could lose to Oklahoma City on the last day so they could get the Jazz in the second round instead of the Lakers. Well, yeah, that 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 that, that needs to be on the locker room board in, in the Jazz locker room. No, that was stupid. That, that, that was so ignorant and, and not good for the game. And they made up whatever they made up, but everybody could see that from the outside. That was, that was They wanted to avoid the Lakers, they wanted to play the Jazz and uh I you know, I don't I don't know anything about the inside of what's going on in the Clipper locker room, but it, it from the outside appearance it did appear that that's the that's the path that they were taking. Uh that would have really uh backfired on them if they lost to Dallas. It, they they would not be able to come out of their houses for about six months. The <laughs> the the coaching staff, the general manager and everybody else involved with the Clippers. But uh they can breathe a little bit of sigh of relief now, but uh, yeah, that's absolutely, man. And, and, and nobody wants to see that. I, I, everybody hated that, and, and deservedly so. They deserve all the negative attention they could get when you go and do those kinds of things. That's not good for the game, you know. But I, I understand why, but it's not good for the game. Go play, and uh, so that Jazz can use that for some locker locker room fuel, and and uh, but I, I doubt seriously if they will. Uh, it's in their mind. And uh, a pretty mature group the Jazz have and, and a coaching staff that is not going to get um, – they're just not going to be impacted by outside noise. There's just no way. Steve, as always, we appreciate a little bit of time. We will talk to you again next week. And yeah. at that point, we'll be midway through the series. So we'll see where it's headed. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to watching the guys play. All right, thanks, Steve. Have a great day. Thanks. Uh, You too. Steve Gleeman, our basketball insider. Join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. When we come back, everything you missed in this show, we'll get you up to speed next. Stay with us. How and for the Utah Jazz. Get out of the way. Round one is done. Got it! As Donovan Get. Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and Mike Conley sent the Grizzlies pack. Donovan! Now it's on to round two as the Jazz make a push to an NBA title. I live for the hunt. I live for it. Won't stop till I get what I want. Won't stop. I don't care what it takes. Joe Ingles! Rudy Gobert! Jordan Clarkson!
Hear every second of every moment of Utah Jazz playoff basketball. It's all about survival. Right here on your exclusive home of the Jazz. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. The Zone Sports Network. Flex, Rudy, flex! Leonard against Marjanovic, far side corner, baseline drive to the rim. Kawhi Leonard! A building breaking jam! Another one from Kawhi at Porzingis to the poster list. George top of the key to Leonard on the left wing against Jalen Brunson in the 2 3 Dallas Mavericks zone. Driving middle, gets past Brunson, pulls up from 10, and he got the roll. Kawhi Leonard with 28. Time to get you up to speed on everything you missed in this show. We spent a little time talking game seven Mavericks, Clippers. The Mavericks supporting cast, PK. You have two ways to go here. One, the Mavericks supporting cast needs to be a little more potent here so that they can outscore the Clippers. Or two, you just can't be a middle-of-the-pack defensive team in the NBA and think you're going very far in the playoffs. You can outscore people in the regular season. You get to the playoffs. I think the Mavericks are like 16th or 17th ranked in defense in the league. Well, obviously, the worst teams aren't even in the playoffs, so you're at a huge disadvantage. So those are two things people are looking at. Which one do you think sunk the Mavericks or enabled the Clippers to win? I don't think that the Clippers or the Mavericks had enough players they could count on from the offensive perspective when it mattered the most. Because defensively, you take a look at game six. At the end of that game, I don't know who's stopping Kawhi Leonard. His offense, in the end, I think offense is better than defense. And if you get players, player or players, I mean, if you get players, then you're really looking good. But if you get a player of that caliber who just gets in that zone that we've seen, it becomes, from, from a fan perspective, it's so fun to watch. And watching that ball game, particularly late Friday night, was all sorts of fun for me, watching him make shot after shot. There was nothing that the, the Mavs could do. So I think on the other end, you know, maybe try to keep pace because if you have a guy scoring and then you're not scoring, then it becomes easier for the guy that's scoring to score. There's not as much pressure because he doesn't have to keep pace. And I just don't think Doncic has enough help. And I also think it's easier to find scoring than it is to find lockdown defenders. I just don't think there are that many. There aren't that many. NBA players are so good offensively. Yeah. And And the Jazz rode that trying to be the lockdown defensive team for a while. And they bumped up against, you know, their ceiling. And they knew they were going out in the first or second round. Right. And they went for shooting two years ago. I I think to me, defensively, the most important thing that I look for is you got to be able to rebound and you've got to be able to limit second chances because it's almost like you start getting second and third chances, the basketball gods aren't going to make you miss. It's going to go in because you're going to, it's like walks in baseball. You start getting loose with walks. Yes. You're, that's actually you're in all an sorts excellent of trouble. That's actually an excellent analysis. Yeah. You just can't give people freebies. They're right. good enough. Right. You know, if a guy's going to hit a homer, make sure it's a solo homer. He can't be hitting a two-run shot cuz you walks him, dude. Yeah. And and in an offensive rebound situations, it becomes scrambled defensively and guys ends up being wide open. We've seen that with the Jazz, Bogdanovich there, and some dude goes flying after him, and he just does a little pump, does a slide step, and he's got a, for him, it's virtually a layup. Yeah. And so make sure you, you, you're taking care of the glass. But the, the Mavericks need some help. I mean, Doncic at 22 years of age is an absolute marvelous player. He's going to be fun to watch for the next 10-plus years. You know, one thing that I read, and this is where it helps to be at games and not watching it on TV because you can see stuff 
regardless of where the cameras go, including to commercial break, uh, and that Doncic was gassed in the fourth quarter. Even when there was the ball went out of bounds, he was getting inbounded. He would like lean on the scores table, and they could be. just see him huffing and puffing because. And, and the Clippers did get big late shots from role players. Reggie Jackson had a big shot. The the, the lead was I think down to seven. And he pushed and, it back and to Morris ten. Morris hit one. Morris, yeah. And so the role players can hit late, but if the role players could at least carry you earlier in the game or in the middle of the game, because Doncic spent just a ton of energy in the first half and went off. And they didn't get stops, and they're still down at halftime, and he's spent already. And I think that's one thing. You know, with Mitchell, there are a lot of times Jazz fans are like, why didn't he get going till the, till the second half? Well, if he didn't have to, if other guys can carry the load, then he's got the energy to absolutely go berserk late in the game. Yeah, I think Doncic carries the most or the heaviest load of any player in the NBA, even more so than Lillard does with Portland. Because I mean, you trust McCollum? More so than anybody, anybody on, yeah, yeah, right. More than anybody on the Mavericks. All right, so a lot about Game Seven, and then where does this go with the Jazz and the Clippers? And and the first thing is, well, I think it goes a long time. This is a, these teams are they're, they're going to play a long series. This is going to be a six or seven game series. The Jazz are going to drop games along the way, and there's going to be angst. And Quinn Snyder would never say that in those words. That's just putting too much negative energy out in the universe and putting negative stuff in your guys' heads. But when he's on that call yesterday that you and I both listened to, and he says, "Hey, you got to play the odds, and what you do doesn't work every time," and he was talking about both teams. The Jazz aren't going to shoot 40% from three as a team every night. And the Clippers are going to have to give some stuff up. And if guys who run hot and cold from three, and Ingles was cold at the end of round one, you've been pointing out, well, after, after two games of shooting the ball really well to start the series, he had three games he didn't shoot the ball well at the end uh, of the series. His nickname in this next series, yeah, it's going to be DV. Death Valley. That's how hot he's going to be. You've heard it here first. Death Valley Ingles. The Clippers are going to have to pick their poison with all the Jazz perimeter shooters. And if Clarkson goes off, or Ingles goes off, or Niang goes off, or Royce O'Neal. Does 6 of 8 mean anything to you? Oh, that means a W. If one of those guys goes 6 for 8 from 3, I'm just penciling in a W. Death Valley Ingles. I want you to remember that. So when you come in Wednesday... You know where you heard it. Death Valley Angles, 121 degrees. The Jazz are also going to have to pick their poison. So, well, that's where they're going, Ivy. Poison <laughs> Ivy. <laughs> okay. Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy. Okay, you need to stop that. <laughs> Need to stop that. You know, the great thing about this, you know, I asked Steve Cleveland about, well, the Clippers should have all sorts of confidence of winning on the road. But at the same time, I don't know if the Jazz are going to go 4-0 at home, but they should have confidence. Well, if Dallas can do it a couple of times, we can do it actually three times. We can do it too. They split two in Utah and then split two in L.A. Don't be surprised. 2-2 going to game five. Don't be surprised. All right. That's DJ's big prediction. I'm Death Valley Angles. You got the Jazz 3-1 coming home to close it out? I hadn't thought about that mm. yet, though. I just think there's going to be some back and forth. And I'd already kind of thought about that, that it should be a long series. Well, 3-1 isn't over either. When Quinn, <laughs> right, both teams know that firsthand. Um, 
But when Quinn started talking about you got to play the odds and you aren't going to hit them every time, I was thinking, why is he saying that? I started thinking, mm, just trying to win two out of three. Just keep winning two out of three. You'll be okay. Right. You win Quinn's- 75%. You're good. And there you go with the math again. And if you missed it earlier in the show, he did. But you're good if you win 75%. How do you argue with that? Because it's not over at three to one. It's not. Death Valley Angles, man. I'm liking that more and more. Gonna hold on to that, huh? Beat that into the ground. I'm loving it. I'm hot with it. (laughs) I'm burning. DVI. I'm gonna DVI this series. Death Valley Angles. It even gets better the more I talk. It's amazing. (laughs) <laughs> Vegas has the Jazz as the favorite of the four teams left in the West. As they should. They are the favorite and to Mesquite come out of the West. And over and Elko have them, too. But not Tonopah. It's crazy. Tonopah? <laughs> who goes to gamble in Tonopah? People who live in Tonopah. Is Tonopah in Nevada? I thought yes. Tonopah was in Utah. I knew it was close to the border, but I, for some reason... Tonopah, I think, is what you hit between like Vegas and... Carson City or Tahoe. I've never done that drive. I've never driven from from Vegas to to Reno. Well, it's no better from here to. I've done the 395 down the the Sierras. I've done that. That's middle of nowhere time. All right, random trips across Nevada. We'll discuss that another time. That is very desolate outside of a couple of places. Yeah. You ever gone on that state highway south out of Fallon? Man, you're in the middle of nowhere real quick. Jimmy? No. The town of. Oh. Yeah, you get you get south of Fallon. You you're a mile outside of town, and you are middle of nowhere. I never get south of Fallon. It's always just been a philosophy of mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got a new coach for the Blazers? Anybody you'd like to see? Because we heard that Damian Lillard like Jason Kidd. Got Oakland ties, right? But Jason Kidd's thanks, well, but no thanks. And then Jason Kidd said, "Well, the word was he felt uncomfortable." Uh, putting the Blazers in that situation. I also think Jason Kidd views himself as a hot commodity, and Portland isn't the place to be. He wants something that's a little closer to a title? Yeah, where are you going with Portland? Uh, out in the first or second round. Until until they get more help in the front court and get more shooters to surround Lillard. And is Lillard the answer there? Now, he would be if they had more talent. Yeah. But well, my point is, can you rebuild by trading him? Long rebuild, <laughs> not immediate. Yeah, but they're they're in. I don't think they're going to trade Lillard pattern either right. way. I don't think they're going to trade Lillard and have a team that is uh, is ready to go compete for a championship. No, it's tear it That's down, about that. be down for a while, and then try to come back up in three to five years. Yes. So they're ready to quit on Lillard. My guess is not. That's yet. not ready to quit on him. It's just trying to make your team better and actually do him a solid. Sending him someplace else because whatever team, if they were to move him, whatever team he's going to is well, going to blame team better. They're going to blame Terry Stotts. They'll bring in a new coach. And if after two years that doesn't work, then I think they'll be yeah, ready I to do it. I don't think they said. blame Stotts. I think they just, you've been there nine years. As Quinn said yesterday, the average length of an point. NBA coach is 2.3. After you throw out the top and the bottom, <laughs> he, made sure he, got, he made sure he got Popovich out of there. Okay, you got to well, get his numbers out. That's an exception. Right. Uh, but but Quinn's now the exception in seven years. Seven years, yeah. yeah. And I don't think there's an end in sight. I don't know. But uh, I think it's uh, probably going to be looking at 10 years. And that's a good because Jazz are in a good spot and they should continue to win for the next three years. So 
That's what you want. And they, they did it the right way, man. They went through all that stuff. And you hear a lot of teams, you know, you talk about copycat and the ways to do it and all that stuff. Well, Portland and Salt Lake are very much similar, although we don't have a bunch of people burning down stuff every night. That's positive. Yeah, if you're into that, yeah. <laughs> Probably you would view that as a positive. Yeah, absolutely. So other than that, but obviously market size and whatnot, I don't know what Portland is, but it seems to me it ought to be close. And so point being... It is. Although I, I learns a little bigger. I think we're going to get done with that deal, and so this place can't attract the big free agents. In the next five years, they're going to land a top two or three guy out on the market, and he's going to want to come. He's going to say, "Well, of course I want to be here. Why wouldn't I want to be here?" Mark my words. Yeah, I'll mark that down. Top two or three guy in the league, free agent. Of the free agent class, okay. not a top two or three guy in the league necessarily. No, of the, you, the free agent classes are only as good as the players. That doesn't mean if you're the number one free agent in 2023, that doesn't mean you're a top five player. Right. But they're going to land somebody better than Bogdanovich. Yes. Yes. That's a good one. Yes. Because that would be, as free agent signings go, that's nice. Boozer, O'Kerr, Bogdanovich, are those the big uh, three? Harping. Is Harping a free agent? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, I think they'll do. I think the next three to five years they'll do better than that. Yes. All right, DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five at twelve eighty. The zone. When we come back, your feedback. Stay with us. And it's all over. Almost here. Don't go nowhere. Paul George has a certain fear in his eyes every time he looks over and sees that big bad number two playing for Utah. Is there a hangover effect, PK? Back to that Oklahoma City series. He struggled, Jazz won. Or that was then and this is now. I think Paul's in a different state of mind now. I think he's got a better team than they had then. But Jazz are better too, so it's somewhat of a wash there. Uh, if that's a hangover three years ago... Then they're beaten. Then you're, <laughs> yeah, you're really mentally weak. You are a mess at that point. Uh, he averaged, he scored 20 points in every single game. He didn't have one game in the teens, so he was scoring it. 45% shooting for the in, series. In the series? Mm-hmm. I sure. think he's a marvelous player. I, mean, I think and he's a prototypical NBA player. He can do it all. He's long. He's lean. He's athletic. He can defend you. He can shoot it. He may not be great on any individual skill, but he's got a lot of skill. It surprises me. No knock against Fresno State. That he was at Fresno State. Yeah. And that they didn't win when he was there. Uh, They were kind of a mess at the time. Yeah. But But that good of an NBA player should elevate your team quite a bit. They had a losing record. I'm not asking him to go Sweet 16. he's no Jimmer. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if it were like the old times? I love this job. This would never work. This would never work now in the current Zoom universe. <laughs> Zoom universe. Right? But could you imagine walking up to Kawhi before, before, like if he spoke at a shoot-around and saying, do you still flinch and get pissed off when you hear the word Jimmer? <laughs> I don't think he does because he got him in that conference final. Yeah. And now he's got a great NBA career going, and he's won two championships. There was the picture of him clapping after they won that at Jimmer. Yeah, I remember. He got in his face a little bit because at the time, Jimmer was getting all the run, and they didn't beat him up here. Jimmer was getting all 
all the runs. That's what I just said. <laughs> he was doing phoners on Sports Center. They weren't even doing phoners, but they did it because Jimmer was so special. They had to have him on. Yeah. That had to irritate Kawhi. And why wouldn't it? At the time, I think yeah. it did, yeah. And they both went to the Sweet 16, although BYU would have gone to the Final Four if Brandon Davies was eligible. There's no doubt in my mind. Zero doubt in my mind. In fact, I'm so positive of it, I credit BYU with a Final Four appearance. You're the one. Not me and five trillion other BYU fans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got me there. Uh, Kawhi in the last playoff series, 32 points, eight rebounds, four and a half assists. Oh, he was and Paul George was twenty three and nine with uh, like almost six assists. I think like five point seven or something. Like They're that. two great players. So those are massive numbers out of those That's two guys. Forty plus minutes a game for each of them. Interesting, they both averaged forty point seven minutes in the playoffs. Exactly That's right down huge, to the tenth. That's a huge load. That is. That is absolutely. And I'm wondering if that will catch up to them. So just because the series goes long, it might not be to the disadvantage of the Jazz, might be to their advantage. Totally, totally agree. And especially if Quinn, he's been preaching all year, if he gets them to run, 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 And our guys are in run. great shape. And they go to bed at 10 o'clock every night. And there's eight of themselves. them. Nine if, if Conley's healthy and able to go, whenever that happens in the series. Ten if Ilyasova plays. Doesn't seem to be happening. Eleven, does it? if Trent Forrest plays, and who's that? Going, Matt Thomas. You're really going more Mieoni. Who Aoni? Stop. Mieoni, who seems to get the minutes when Conley's out. All right. What's your biggest worry going into this playoff series and uh, having the officials on their side and getting all the calls? I just. Hope the Jazz won't let it phase them. And they torch the Clippers early on in these games. Need to keep the pedal to the metal the whole game. Jazz fans are dialed in for this PK. Win every quarter. The wood to the stood. (laughs) Absolutely. The fight to the might. All right. Hans and Scotty are coming up with more as the Jazz and the Clippers get ready to go. Stay with us.